class. <laughs> What's going on, guys? What's up to the Odoom and Andrea show? This is our new show that we started where we sit down and we talk about people that kind of inspire us to think differently and do things differently. And, you know, people that have done really cool stuff that were like, mm-hmm. That was pretty cool. That's awesome. some pretty cool shit you did. Yeah. I want to learn a little bit more about that. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, that's really what uh, what the show is all about. Mm-hmm. Um, anything you wanna wanna say no. to that? Add to that? No, it's a pretty good intro. No, it's a pretty good intro. Yeah. Yeah. And today, so this is our first episode, as yes. I think I just said. And we're going to be. Let me just. I'm gonna steal this. Do you mm-hmm. know what page you're on? No. Yeah, yes. page eleven. Mm-hmm. We're going to be talking about Silken Lawman, and she is a Canadian athlete, a great Canadian athlete, mm-hmm. I, I dare say. And she was a she was a rower, yeah. was is still is, I guess. I don't I know. So, yeah, I, don't I don't know if that ever leaves you. Um, and we're talking kind of about this book that she wrote, which is called Unsinkable, mm-hmm. uh, my untold story. And so we're going to talk about her because she's really cool. Because I remember being younger, and when I was really into the Olympics. Um, not so much anymore, but when I was really cool and watching it uh, and into the athletes doing amazing stuff, there was her, her story and just the stuff and the feats that, that, that she did, which yeah. was pretty incredible. And some other stuff that happened, which was kind of a little bit more on the on the sadder side of what happened to her um, when you get into the whole governing bodies of sports and all that kind of stuff or whatever mm-hmm. with, um, you know, the drugs and what have you. Yeah. Anyways, I'm sure we'll talk about that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so I remember her being really young and now looking back when you're older, it's like, oh. This is a really cool person. So um, yeah. let's take a look at their life and take a look at their story. Yeah. And um, oh, one thing I guess I, I will mention of kind of why we're starting this whole podcast, I mm-hmm. guess, and why we want to talk about these people is that we're really into learning about people that do really cool stuff. And we want to yeah. see what they have done and how we can translate some of their successes and ideologies and how they think and approach yeah. life yeah. into our own life and to our own journey for us to do the things that we want to do um, that are a little bit more different and, and outside the box. Yeah. Um, you know, <clears throat> excuse me, for example, if you've been following us, you know that a few years back we decided to sell everything that we owned and travel through Canada and the United States in, in an RV and in a trailer. Um, didn't quite work out for us, but, <laughs> you know, to say the least. Crashed and burned a little bit. Yeah, <laughs> but it was okay. It was a, it was a, it was a good experience, but, um, <clears throat> you know, it's that idea of, well, just because you fail once doesn't mean you don't get back up on the horse and try again. Exactly. And looking at what other people have done and what they do is a, a kind of a good way to... Just seeing how how they overcome and how they get yeah. through struggle and and uh, find victory on the other side of that. So Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. <coughs> oh, excuse me. Maybe one day we'll tell our own story. <laughs> our, our, our own comeback story. <laughs> right. You know, we're not racing in the Olympics or anything like that. No. But, you know, everyone has their own... Everyone has their own heart. personal struggles, struggles yeah. and hardships. And, yeah. you know, if you know us, we're always a big proponent of, you know, going through your own personal struggle and going through your own journey of, you know, finding yourself and pushing your own limits and boundaries of what you thought, uh, thought is possible. Because yeah, um, it just develops character and the real strength and resilience mm-hmm. in, the, in the face of all the crazy shit that just goes on in the world and that the world throws at you, yeah. you know? And her story is a huge example of overcoming something <laughs> very, very significant right. and so, triumphing. So that's a really good segue. So why don't we just, why don't you give a, an overview? One thing I'll say is a lot of these books, um, Andrea has 
she's like she has the reading bug or whatever so she reads a lot of these books yeah. and then she kind of talks to me about them and, yeah. and like i kind of get them through osmosis kind of thing yeah um so she's probably the one who's going to be doing the most of the debriefs in terms of what the book what yeah. the books are because i don't sadly time. don't have time to read all of yeah, the books yeah, yeah. um so with that being said why don't you give us a quick overview as to her story and the book and, and yeah. whatever. So she was born to German immigrant parents in Mississauga. And so both of her parents. Which um, is in Ontario or Toronto. Canada. Yeah, 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 yeah. Greater Toronto area. Yeah. yeah. And so um, both of her parents kind of experienced like stuff from World War II in Germany. So their outlook and their um, child raising was really different in that fits in later on with her story mm-hmm. um but basically the big thing that happened with her is she she was she started running that's kind of how she started out her athletic career was as a runner but then she had stress fractures and so she kind of had to stop running she's like shin splints but like a lot worse yeah and so her older sister was rowing at that time so she decided she was going to try it as well and mm. so she found out she's pretty good at it so eventually her and her sister rowed double it's called skulls mm-hmm. it's just mm-hmm. it's not like you're not even really sitting like in the boat you're kind of sitting like on top of it almost like all it right looks, like a specialty if you see a type picture, of boat yeah like it looks so is wobbly. there a picture in here in the in well the yeah there's pictures of her in there yeah, Just, yeah well the actual boat you're talking about but anyways yeah, con- yeah. continue so and then you're ro- like you're rowing right with like two hands obviously mm-hmm. so you can have single double quad and i think eight i don't know if there's a woman's eight but there for sure is a men's eight and you row um, it's 2000 meters for the women is 2000 meters. Yeah. So she and her and her sister ended up winning. Um, what did they do? They won bronze in the double skulls in LA in 1984. And then the LA, what type of, what type Olympics. of games? Olympics. Olympics okay. Yeah. Yeah. So then she was going to go and do, um, just single skulls by herself. Like she continued on her sister ended up retiring, but she wanted to continue on. So she Mm -hmm. went to do singles. And so she was in Germany. It was like for a world cup championship. So it wasn't the Olympics. So this was in May. The Olympics was, I think in August Mm -hmm. of that year, she's just kind of in the warm up lane, just kind of warming up. And apparently it was like really disorganized. And so what happened was, was a double, double rowers from Germany. They ended up crashing into her. Right. And basically her leg was like completely, like she could see down to the bone. She thought she was going to lose her leg. Right. And so. So I I think the one thing to note is that if people don't know rowing, like you're going fast. Like, I don't know exactly how fast these guys are going when they do row. So it's not like your buddies are going into a canoe trip and you bang into another canoe and it's just like whatever. So they're going in at a pretty high speed, I'd imagine, to collide with her to be able to To, significantly, you know, damage her leg like that. Yeah, and so like from the book, it says uh, her right leg is torn open, the bone exposed exposed and the flesh folded down so that the bone exposed, uh, so that it dangled below my ankle like a piece of meat. All right. (laughs) Technically, it is a piece of meat, I guess. Yeah, so... Eventually, I wonder if that's like how painful that is, or if you're just in shock. She was in shock. Yeah, yeah, she was. She was in shock. So eventually, she she has like five. They she has surgery in Germany. Then she's she's there for in the hospital there for about ten days, and she gets flown to Victoria in BC because that's where mm-hmm. she was living and training. Right. Um. She has a bunch more surgeries, and then eventually, um, 
heals herself back. But, but this must be, must be like, what is it? You're saying she had a bunch more surgeries. Do you know how many? About? So she altogether was five. Oh, five. five. In the span of how, how long? Do you know? Do you remember? She was in the hospital for 21 days. I'm pretty sure that's what it was. And those five surgeries, like within 21 days? Yeah. It's crazy. Yeah. So, um, and her ankle, it was her ankle that was a huge issue as well. Like and this is all like reconstructive whatever surgery. Yeah, to put and they had to, they had like, <laughs> shit back they together. had like weird like pins in it as well. Like, right. So, and it was like in one of those ones where like you have it elevated in that permanent right. elevated position. Yeah, I saw, I saw Unbreakable. That's kind of how it goes, isn't it? Sure. <laughs> so, but eventually, but she's so determined to get back because this is what she's been training for these Olympics for forever. Right. right? So, because like the accident happens in May and the Olympics are in coming August. up in August. Yeah. So she eventually gets gets back and she's able, she gets bronze. So it's this huge, amazing comeback story of being so devastatingly injured and then to come back like literally weeks later and win bronze. Like that's huge. Well, May to August, so it's a little more than than a week. Weeks. No, I said. But, well, I mean, well, like six weeks, right? Six, seven weeks, something well, like that. May, June, July, August. Well, two, two to three months, I would say. But yeah, it yeah. still is weeks. I it guess is. it's four to, yeah, or um, like eight to, eight to twelve, yeah. twelve weeks. It's still, huge which is regardless. insane for having your your bones open, open or what have you. So then, I surgeries. she must have been lucky, though. I guess that like, did her bones break? Or was it just yes. like all oh, so yeah. so like her ankle was her broken, ankle. Yeah. yeah. And so if you're rowing, like I, I I've never done rowing in like an actual, <laughs> is it like a rowboat? <laughs> I don't think they're called rowboats, no. um, but I've done rowing like you know in the gym or what have yeah. you, and even just that alone it puts a lot of strain on your ankles because you immobilize your feet and you're always pushing they, and you push with your feet yes. almost like kind of a so squattish type position it's had, a lot of they pressure. had to like like modify her boat for her as she was recovering right like so she can still train yeah was so. she training on the water then or do you train also like she did both yeah because yeah. I'm, I'm she was in her ho- she was in her hospital bed and she had like a, like you know like that big for the top part yeah like a lat machine but Different. Well, she just had something that she jerry-rigged up and... Just do, do it again. Yeah, this is the motion. Yeah, that's exactly the <laughs> So, So she was, like, so determined. Uh, so anyway, so then, so she did that. Then the other thing that people might also know her for is then in 1995, so then she actually... Was it? Yeah, so 1995, she goes to um, the Pan American Games. I think, it, I don't know where it was in South America, but somewhere in South America. Okay, yeah, I don't remember either. So she goes to the Pan American Games. She has like a bad cold. She So she gets on the plane and she takes a Benadryl, which the farm, like her doctor said was just fine to take. And then a few days goes by, she wins gold in single skulls. And then she's still feeling, she's like hacking and hacking and hacking. She can't like fight this cough and it's keeping her up and it's keeping all her teammates up. So she goes to the team doctor and shows them, shows the doctor the Benadryl that she got from the pharmacy that they said it was okay for her to take. Um, And she showed the doctor and the doctor's like, yeah, yeah, you'll be fine. And so then they win gold in the quad. Right. And um, then they piss test them. And yeah, it shows up that they have, she has, what was it exactly? Pseudoephedrine Mm. from the Benadryl. Right. And so, yeah, they get stripped of their gold. So is that a, that's a banned substance or It was, and now it is not. So why is it banned or why? I don't know. So why was it banned and why did... The people, the doctors not know about it. So I think honestly, it was just 
it sounded how she was talking like the doctor was just busy and just maybe didn't pay close enough attention as to what was in it, which I mean. Whose doctor was it? It was a team doctor, like mm. Team Canada's doctor. So, yeah. Well, what was he so busy with? I mean, this I is getting know. prepping he's for like all some kinds of other games. athletes he's dealing with, I guess. I don't I don't know. But that's kind of what it sounded like to me. Right. That's the impression I got. Well, that's interesting. Yeah. But I mean, yeah. And I just, it, it, I remember, do you remember that like press conference with her? It was a huge It was press huge. Conference. And she that, showed, that's why I was she saying, had, yeah. Like, the, the, she had like the product. She's like, I was literally sick. Like it wasn't, I was taking it because I was sick. My doctor said it was fine. Right. It's it not, wasn't it's a not performance. A, it's not a doping thing. Yeah. But is, is, could there be any reason or any athletic gain that she could have gotten from so taking it, even though it is? Just a cold? I don't know. Like, I don't know. You would, again, you would probably have to look that up. And, and, and anyway, it's like a moot point because now it is allowed. So they allow it now. So clearly it doesn't. But they don't allow you to take it like all the time before, like for your training. They allow it to, like maybe yeah. if you're sick, you if can just sick. take this. Yeah. So. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, that, I mean, that's, yeah. I mean, that's so... I remember hearing that and being like, yeah. it's a cold medication. We're like, well, what are you doing? It's not like they're doping up on anything. It's not like, yeah. And considering now all the stuff that's going on with the Olympics and, and how things are like that. That's why I don't even watch the Olympics oh, anymore. I, I feel so bad because all these athletes, they train so much and, and yeah. they put so much heart and sweat. But it's like, I feel like everything's just doped up. And the people that aren't doped up, they have no chance of winning. You know, the, stuff with the, the Tour de best, France. And the best documentary to watch on this is Icarus because right. it's all about the rushing, the Russian doping program. And yep. it's so well done. So yep. I totally suggest that. Um, so then how I kind of came to know her a little bit more and a little bit better is because after all of this, she retired, she kind of went into public speaking and like mm. motivational speaking, um, and like life coaching, I guess too. Mm, that's cool. Yeah. And so eventually like she was married before then had two kids and was divorced. Um, and then she happened to meet, um, David Patchell Evans and he is actually the owner founder of good life good life fitness oh really yes so after they met or before like did he found it after oh, they no, were no, together no, before like before. way before oh yeah way before because right. i think he's quite a bit older than her. i want to say he's like at least 10 years older than her sorry not quite a bit but at least 10 years older so mm -hmm. there is an age gap there so he has two daughters and one of his daughters is has autism um and she's quite significantly affected mm -hmm. like they have full-time care for her yep. um and so when i worked for the waterloo region family network which was a non-profit to help families with kids with special needs mm -hmm. um i got to go as you know to this really cool conference which is a conference of all the different children's treatment centers for developmental disabilities across ontario and she at the conference she was the keynote speaker because of her right. experience with being a stepmother to a kiddo with autism yep. and so she's it was an incredible keynote speech and even in the book as she writes she has this intensity like and even when she's speaking she's a very intense passionate mm -hmm. person like you like yep. it just like oozes out of her and she's a really great speaker you can tell she's uh, this is what she just what she does yeah so um so that's how i kind of and i really 
like I was like, oh, she's actually really awesome. Like not only she's an inc- this incredible athlete, but right. she's an incredible advocate for her stepdaughter. So yeah. So yeah, so her story is pretty right cool. Right on. That is really cool. So uh, something that I want to go back to is the fact that it's unbelievable that you go from such a crazy injury to competing in the Olympics and then winning, you know, a bronze medal or yeah. what have you after only spent of a few months. Mm-hmm. So what do you think was her drive to get her to the point of like, you know what? I just I just have to overcome this like so quickly, right? Like wouldn't have been like maybe more prudent to be like, you know what, I'm just going to take my time. I'm going to recover slowly or whatever so that maybe I'm not going to have any more long-term injuries as opposed to the, I just want to go and compete maybe at just this this one Olympics and then maybe I could just, if I, you know, if I try to heal too fast, I could just come permanently damage and screw up my leg for forever. I'll never be able to roll again kind of thing. Yeah. So, so what's, yeah, so what's, what's her motivation think, or drive there? So I think you can go back and look at like what even drove her to be, an Olympic athlete in the first place Mm -hmm. and like back when she was a kid. So, and this goes back to like her parents and this is why it says like her true story because there's stuff in here that she's never, she never spoke about publicly. She had anorexia. She was a cutter. She had a learning disorder. Yep. So she tried to commit suicide. No, she just cut, she just cut herself for people. People do that. They just, I, well, I, I, for what purpose? I think it's to, either feel something or feel something different than their emotions. Mm-hmm. Right? So it's not a suicidal no, 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 no. attention no, no, kind no, of no, thing. No, 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 no. So her mom um, was quite abusive uh, verbally, mentally. She would even hit them. She would go on these like wild manic episodes and say she was going to kill herself and then kill the whole family. And then yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, and then so the dad, and then she would even like, like she would like belittle her and say these awful things to her, like, well, you're worthless, and I can't believe you're wearing that. And even in a, even as an adult, she would still say, oh, I can't believe you wore that outfit for your speech. As an adult, she's saying this to her adult daughter. And even after she's won the Olympic yeah, medals and all this yeah, kind of stuff. Yeah, like, it's it's. So nuts. she still obviously maintains a relationship with her mother then. She set up, had to set up extreme boundaries, and she knows that relationship is just... There's not going to be a resolution there. I think she kind of understands that in this. But but what she found was that the only place she felt worthwhile was competing in sports. Yeah, on the water. Yeah, and so she says um, she finally felt like that's where she belonged. Mm-hmm. And she said, um, in my family... In my family life, I never felt like I had worth for me achieving, becoming a champion, felt like the only way I could prove to myself that I was worth it, that I was a person of, of medals. Um, so, yeah, so I thought that that was, you know, at least she could find something mm-hmm. outside. Yeah, because, and her dad wasn't like, she talks a lot of good things about her dad, but I think her dad just never saw that there was a problem there and always rationalized things and made an excuse for the mother. So I think if someone doesn't justify your feelings and just is like, oh yeah, we're normal just like any other family, that's just as harmful because right. you have to let someone feel how they feel. So I think like that determination comes from achieving. I think that drive, that drive to achieve comes there. But then also, I don't know, I think it's just something in her, like she's such a competitive person. And I think that's something that's just like innate that's kind of born in her because she, she didn't train with the women. She asked specifically, she wanted this one coach and he was coaching the Canadian men's rowing Mm -hmm. team. And so she would go there and had that competitive drive with the men even. Right. 
So I think she's, it's just that competitive nature in her and that like, I'm just not giving up. It's almost like that, um, the Will Smith quote. Like if uh, two of us are on a treadmill. Both going to get on the treadmill. Yeah. You know, either two things are going to happen. Yeah. Either you're going to get off first or I'm going to die. Yeah. She, there's a quote, there's a quote like that in here. I'll find it. Um, but it's almost like the exact same, um, attitude. It's the same philosophy. Right? It's the same it's philosophy. It's like, I'm just, I'm just, I'm going to be victorious or I'm going to die. Kind of leave everything on the table. You know, whatever sports cliches you want to, if we gave 110%, you know, all, yeah. all those things. But yeah. yeah. So, and then the other thing that I found really interesting is, and this must have been incredibly hard, but when people would come to visit her in the hospital, if anyone said anything like negative or or pity, it was like, I, I, you cannot be around me right now. Mm. I can't have that because this is what I'm focusing on and I can only have the positive around me. So she lost a few friends by, by doing that. Mm. But I think it was that kind of self-preservation of like, this is the only way I'm going to come out of it. So that's interesting. So yeah. uh, like you're saying about like losing friends for that, like that's, yeah. it's something to me that sounds like a little extreme in, in a sense of, I mean, if someone comes to your hospital bed and you're like, I don't want your pity or whatever, that's fine. Then they won't give it to you. But yeah. why can't these friends cannot just, just visit you and just be like, ah, oh, you know, all right. Or even just encourage you on like, she's just like, I'm going to literally not be friends with somebody after like there's got to be something else to that story yeah. am i missing or yeah it, but i i don't like does somebody come in and like oh i heard about your accident here's flowers like get out of here you're not my friend anymore you know it's like whoa i just given you flowers like yeah i i don't know i but it, it seems like though like that's just kind of the person she is hmm. like her person her personality is really interesting when you read it. like there's some things that i'm like mm, that's interesting but right well everyone's got everyone their own, has their, their own thing, thing. yeah yeah because i mean again it's, it's it's tough i think when you're reading books and people's stories there's some things that you might not quite understand right like mm-hmm. she, uh, she lost like did she lose half of her friends or was she like always mm-hmm. was she always so pushing like herself that those friends just they, they just didn't want to hear it all the time saying could be of too. all the things so maybe yeah, there could, could be, be a yep a back and forth that way it just it just seems hard when you, uh, again me just hearing you say it, it's like oh someone yeah goes to visit them and they're like i don't want your pity you're not my friend anymore or no or just or just, like or just like there, she just didn't want to hear people like she didn't be negative the naysayers right. right you need that positive and, and that's totally so. fair too i mean if you're a person that you're trying that your hardest to accomplish something uh so you want to be you want to start doing comic books, right? Yeah. And then you're drawing and some and while you're drawing, someone's always coming up to you saying, like, Oh yeah, you're never gonna mount anything. Or yeah. yeah, it's like, why are you even trying? It's like your drawing sucks, or like, yeah, yeah, you know you're never gonna make it. Yeah, you don't wanna hear that. Get out of here. Yeah. So a hundred percent agree with that. Um, it just seems weird that if someone you know and you respect and you really like and you want them in your life and you you they do they tell you that and you just like stop it because I don't want to hear any of that mm-hmm. stuff. But then they keep going to the point where yeah. you have to kick them out of your life. Yeah, it seems yeah. a little bit excessive, but yeah. Yeah. But who knows, right? With the thing he said, the stuff, stuff for their parents or whatever, right? Some people are just, you yeah. know, not on her, but on other people, they're just like, they're set in their ways of being like, I'm going to be, yeah. you know, a negative person. I'm going to constantly tell you what's what because I know what's good for you. Yeah. Or, um, and just well. like, and just knowing like you need to, especially when you're in a situation like that, like, you know, you need to s- surround yourself with people that believe in you, believe right. that you can achieve like the, literally the impossible. You yeah. need those people around you and anything else you just have to ignore as noise. No, for sure. So. For sure. And it's one of those things too, where you hear these quotes or people say, you know, show me your top five friends or your top you're five people average. you're around. And like, that's kind of what you're going to be like. Yeah. Right. So if you're around pop, 
positive people that are always striving to like reach for the best and reach for yeah. the top, then that's probably what you're going to be like. But exactly. if you have five people and they all bring you down, sit around and drink and smoke weed all the time and just make stupid jokes or whatever and just yeah. are like, hey, I'm, you know what I mean? Yeah, it's like, yeah, well, then course. what are you going to do all the all of day, course. every day? That's what you're going to be doing, right? So, yeah. Um, or just ragging at other people. It's like, oh, look at these people and, you know, talking smack about other people because it makes you feel better because you're not doing anything, right? So, yeah. Sorry, so, I, <laughs> I was going, but it's just, so, I'm just thinking of people that I know that, you know, like older people from, you know, I knew when I was younger or high school or whatever, you know, I smoke, smoke weed all the time and not get anything done, right? And just rag exactly. on other people and exactly. then maybe people that were picking on me or whatever when I was a kid, right? Yeah. So I was like, okay, well, yeah. those are the kinds of people you are and that's that. So, so then anyways. The, then the other thing she says in here is she says, even now, I marvel that I had the audacity to believe that was possible, like healing was possible, but I did. Training for the school had embedded itself in my soul and in my body at a cellular level so that letting go of this dream was much harder and more painful than believing in it. Um, yeah. So, and I think the other thing, and I, I don't know, there's so much that we don't know, but she did a ton of visualization of like visualizing the healing happening on a cellular Mm -hmm. level, like visualizing the blood flowing into these areas to do the healing. Like she did a lot of visualization. (laughs) Sorry. I just, you said visualizing (laughs) blood flowing to areas. I'm like, okay, okay, where can that go? Where, yeah, it didn't take long. Oh, 20 minutes in. It's, uh, but that's, you hear a lot about that. And I talk to people that play even high level sports and whatever, yeah. and they have sports psychologists come in and they're like, you know, so some, I remember one guy who was just kind of joking around. It's like, Oh yeah, they'd come into our locker room and they'd be like, Oh, just visualize yourself scoring the goals or whatever. Yeah. But there's gotta be, I think there's definitely some truth to it because I think there were studies that were showing like people that play piano, mm-hmm. like you're, you're like you practice piano and you just think about practicing piano and showing that, there's still a level of actual practice, I guess, from the people that didn't actually do it but thought about it. Yeah. So there's a lot well, of things about willing, I not think, willing, but thinking, like the well, placebo effect. We know it's a thing. Yeah. I, you know? I was just going to say, I think the best example of this in sports and in athletics is um, breaking the, I, I don't know what the record is, but breaking like, oh, I think it was like running a, a four-minute mile something like that or like a sub two hour marathon everybody was like no it can't be done can't be done can't be done then someone does it and then all yeah. of a sudden everybody's doing it sure. because they see and then when you see it you believe that it's possible right. and then everyone's doing it and then you, the time is just yeah. keep getting but i don't think see i don't even think athletes would think that it can't be done i think it's more of other people that are saying that it couldn't be done sure Right. Yeah. But yeah. So, um, but but it's interesting how once one person does it, then all of a sudden, oh yeah, well, doing well then it. I could. So because and then th- there well, is uh, that's really that's what stopped me from doing it. Technically, I'm like, oh yeah, but you see I the clearly can run a marathon that's, in under that's two hours. In, that's involved in it. So, yeah. Right. So psychology mixed in with like peak peak physical performance oh, and, yeah. and, and everything absolutely so yeah, there is there is definitely something to be said about visualizing things yeah. absolutely and yeah like you said i have no idea what the scientific mechanism is for in the brain or whatever to mm-hmm. to to like even like think about healing yourself or whatever but you mm-hmm. know i mean at first it's it's all anecdotal right until it somehow becomes some thing that you could actually science could actually measure there's right a I mean, point that, where anecdotes become data so right just ask me? and then uh yeah yeah. So, um, 
So yeah. I just, I really, I, I liked that way that she, you know, h- how she dealt with the haters, like I or like the negative. Yeah, like that's what they're called. The, yeah. Or the wannabes. Mm-hmm. So I thought that was, I thought that was interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So in, in, in terms of, is there anything else specifically that, that, that you want to say? Because there's questions yeah, that yeah, I want to ask yeah, you. Go, okay, so I'll, I'll just ask you in terms of, like we talked at the start, Mm-hmm. Uh, of the podcast, how, you know, we had our little own adventure and, you know, it ended up failing or whatever. And you could think of that as, you know, being our crash or whatever, uh, someone crashing our boat. So is there anything about her philosophy that you like that you'd say like, you know what, I really like this. And maybe that gives me inspiration to continue on or to get back up from what happened for us and to try something different or to, to continue on yeah. not settling for, well, okay, well, we tried this new lifestyle, so I guess I'll just get a job and mm-hmm. work until I die. <laughs> you know, do you know what I mean? Or whatever it is. So, uh, sorry, you kind of rambled. What was the question? <laughs> there was no, there was, I don't know if there was a question, but it, so what, what in, in her story, and either in how she dealt with things mm-hmm. or the things that, that happened to her, mm-hmm. what is the most inspiring to you to be like, you know what? I see how you overcame that. That's really cool. I'm going to use that to kind of overcome the stuff that we've been through. Sure. So I think she's very open and very authentic in mm-hmm. this book. And that's one thing she even talks about in the introduction about being authentic. And that's why she wrote this book because she felt there was so much she wasn't sharing. And when she was doing her motivational speeches, she felt she was holding something back and wasn't able to really tell people how Mm. she did what she did. And so part of being open and authentic is being very self-aware and taking a really hard look in the mirror at what you've done right and what you've done wrong. Right. And so that's a big thing in here. She talks a lot about that because when the whole like drug scandal happened, she didn't talk to the media right away. And so that made her look like the optics of that weren't really great. And Mm -hmm. she admits that that wasn't a great strategy to use, but that's what everyone was telling her, right? Like all her publicists or whatever were kind of telling her, you shouldn't talk to the media. But she's like, no, I totally should have got in front of it and just said like, this is what happened. Right. Yeah. So she's, so she's able to be very like looking at the, at what she did wrong. And then like, you know, owning it and then yep. saying, this is what I should have done instead. The same thing is like, she's very open about, um, you know, having mental health issues. Like she continues to go to a therapist and she takes depression meds cause she suffers from depression. She's really, mm-hmm. really open about it, which I think is great. And she, she knows she's like, you have to take care of your body. You have to train your body, but you also have to train your mind. Yeah. hundred percent. So, I didn't know that she was, um, under depression or taking depression medication yeah yeah how long has she been doing that for oh like i don't know it was like i think it was like after her divorce so like that was in like the 90s i want to say night late 90s early thousands so Hmm. it's like a while so she got divorced after all after she retired as a professional athlete yeah 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 so Hmm. um so yeah so i just think really being very like introspective and really yeah. able to to take a really good hard look and then i think being 
you know, willing enough to kind of share your story so that others yeah. can learn learn from what happened. That's a really so. it's a really hard thing to do to be able to go dig deep and and look at yourself and be like, oh mm-hmm. my god, look at all the places where I fucked up, or look at how I thought of this situation I was just completely wrong. Um, yeah, it's um, it's it's hard to it's do. The um, thing. And um, something that that uh, as a takeaway we can certainly take that heart and, and, and try to make sure that we do better and make sure that, I mean, I think we do a pretty good job, but we can, I think we can, like anything, you can always, always do do better. Always look back at, you know, what exactly happened and figure out yeah. what went wrong to, you know, to at the end of the day, it just should just make you, make you stronger, make you better. Yeah. And like, she talks a lot, like kind of in like the last couple chapters, it's, it's just like a big kind of, potpourri kind of collection of a bunch of like like kind of like basic like life lessons that right. that we like we already kind of know right you read like a motivational book it's gonna have basically yeah, yeah. the same shit in it and so like what one of like the quotes is um hard work and focus lead to success in a in concrete and definable ways nothing is more powerful than action any consistent movement in the right direction even if the steps seem modest. And so that again was something she learned from her recovery. She, she wasn't like her times like weren't what they were. And she would get frustrated. Well, I'm not, I'm not at my, my timing yet. I'm not at my timing, but she was like, I can't focus on that big gigantic goal. Like, of course that's going to be the goal, but I, that's not reasonable right now because I have to just even focus at like being able to walk again. Right. So it was just like looking at, those small small steps small wins that get you closer and closer and closer it's like we've talked about this before just every day yeah. just trying to do a little bit better little than bit the better. day before exactly um and so that was again it's like affirming right when you know that that's the right direction but to hear it from someone who actually used it and implemented it right in such a crazy situation right as as her life with such a like a and a time sensitive thing too right it's like well i need to get this healed so that i can compete in the olympics and yeah as an athlete like that i mean olympics happen what once every four years right so yeah so so yeah so i found that really uh yeah and just and just being so open about you know her like her mental health struggles like i think that's really that's hard thing to talk about right Especially yeah. an eating disorder and then a cutting thing, like that's huge to to promote and talk about it. So. Right? Yeah, for sure to be vulnerable, I guess, to put yourself out there so people people know. Yeah. But yeah. Um, the more people talk about certain things, and <clears throat> the more I don't know, the, the easier it is maybe to to, to get help and and to not feel well, ashamed think, of. Well, yeah, you're taking again, you're taking the stigma out of it. You're taking the isolation out of it. Like people know they're not alone if this is what they're experiencing. You know, so yeah, yeah. Cool. Um, that's really cool. So once again, this is the book here. It's called Unsinkable: My Untold Story by Silken Laman. So there's a few questions I want to ask you about this book. Yes. So just on a book level, in mm-hmm. terms of like how good of a book this is, mm-hmm. what would you give it on like one to, well, sorry, one to ten? Uh, I could give it like eight and a half. Eight and a half? Yeah, eight and uh, and a half. That's pretty solid. Yeah. That's pretty solid. It was good. Um, now, in terms of being a book that, uh, I can't even remember what else I was going to ask you about this, but mm-hmm. like uh, in terms of being a book that offers like inspiration and motivation to, um, you know, achieving, you know, what you thought wasn't mm-hmm. possible or whatever. Like how, well, how would you 
How good would you rate this book at? Yeah, like I'd rate it at nine. So it's pretty high yeah, up there. Yeah, pretty high up there. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And um, I mean, I don't know how, how well this would ask, but is what she what she did and what she called is that something that you would want to do? I mean, it's 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 tough. I mean, you don't want to become a professional rower, but would you see yourself in a position where like you broke your leg or whatever because you're running mm-hmm. and be like, that's it. I have to heal within like one month so I can run the Toronto Marathon or whatever. Yeah. Um, or is it just, is it too no, crazy I, for, for, I, for, for you? I think what's interesting is it shows you what's possible. Right. And that even though, even if you, obviously you're not, not many people are Olympic athletes, but so even if you aren't an, uh, an Olympic athlete, but just knowing that that type of recovery, if you put your mind into it, that right. it's possible, that's incredible. The other really interesting- competitive with yourself as well too. Yes. And the other really interesting thing, the, another really big takeaway for me and why health and fitness is so important is, um, uh, what do they say? So after a few few days of her accident, the prognosis seemed to shift in my favor. The doctor was startled that so much of my muscles still had integrity. Um, The scientific explanation credited my peak condition. During the hours and hours of training with my heart rate between 160 and 185, I had pumped so much oxygen and blood into my Mm -hmm. tissues that they possessed far greater capillarization than did the tissues of a regularly fit person. Therefore, although the accident had severed my calf muscles, main arterial blood supply, I had developed additional capillaries running up um, from the bottom of the cut muscle. So, so because she was in such amazing shape, again, that's why she was able to, to recover, recover so quickly. Well, from what I sh- that what you just read there, that's just because her muscles just had so much capacity to have so much oxygen, and there was already so much oxygen in there yeah. that it helped. With, uh, with like well, as she was healing and cut, there was still there some was still oxygen cut, and yeah. stuff getting getting there. So they yeah. even said she. So she says, if I had been a smoker, I would have lost all the muscle in my lower leg. Oh yeah, yeah. or just being even a regular person. That's that's unhealthy. That's unhealthy. So again, it's just it reaffirms to me. Oh yeah, that you. Being in shape, there's <laughs> literally no downside. Let's to be it. real. You don't. We don't need any reaffirmation that, like, in case uh, it wasn't clear that being healthy was healthy I for you. You know, it's like what? Of course, of course, it is. But it's just um, it's here's like, proof. It's like, but no, it just shows you, like, even if you get in some random accident, right? Being in peak fitness is going to help anything and yeah, recovery absolutely. you go through. I mean, that's what that's what your body's for. I mean, when you exercise, I mean, it's like. It's in like building muscles. It's like you kind of put your muscles under that stress and then it rebuilds stronger, like just constantly over and over and over again. Well, it's called hormesis. Yeah. Right. Yeah. When I do, you used to do like Muay Thai training, right? You're kicking, you have thousands and thousands and millions of times you're kicking on your shins, right? It's, you don't get strong from like kicking a brick wall. You get strong because you're just constantly yeah, it's out of pad or whatever, but mm-hmm. it's still, it still creates that little bit of those damage, those micro tears and it comes up and, yeah. you know, that's why there's t- all these tie fighters, they have like these iron shins. It's like, it's crazy. It's crazy. They can kick anything. Yeah. 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 So, so definitely uh, her story is really inspiring and definitely, and I, and yeah, like showing what is possible. Yeah. Like it's really. Yeah. And for me, I really like the whole idea of just as looking into yourself and, yeah. and, having that self-reflection and, and being honest with yourself of what you did wrong so that you can come back stronger. I yeah. like that. Yeah. That is a really 
strong and powerful message. I think that a lot of people um, could do well at <laughs> adopting, uh, <laughs> looking at honest. what you do, did yeah. wrong. Yeah. Um, and not just athletes, maybe other people. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Indeed. <laughs> other people in prominent positions of power, suddenly politicians, perhaps. Hmm. Perhaps. Hmm. I mean, just take a just take a think about what you're doing. Mm-hmm. Anyways, Anyways, with that being said, I think that is it for this episode. I think so. Yeah. Thank you, Andrea, for participating. Thank you, Odum, for participating. You're welcome. Do, you, do I get a participation trophy? Uh, no, we don't do that here. You get all the awards. Yes. Nah. No, part- oh God, don't get me started on that. That's it. All right. You know what really grinds my gears? Oh, that's not Participation good. ribbons, okay. okay? Here you go for not putting any effort. Bing. No. Anyway. Anyways. So. It was a great book. Would recommend to read for sure. It's an older perfect. one. Like it's an older no, one cares? for sure, but it's but her story is incredible. And what do you mean? Just an older, a lot of books. Just because it's an older I book doesn't mean it's not worth that's reading. Fine. Um, <laughs> and so this book is written before two thousand, so it's it's trash. Yeah. <laughs> so I had I didn't really find like any um, podcast with her, but she does like a lot of news appearances. She is a motivational speaker. She does have an Instagram you can follow. Yeah. Um, and she, right now she has like a kind of like a nonprofit, I guess, called Unsinkable Stories. Mm. And so I guess just, I mean. Well, maybe you can put some links, links to links that to, in, yeah, the, yeah, in, in sure. the show notes. For sure. For sure. So, um, yeah, yeah. Cool. So yeah. with that being said, uh, we haven't mentioned this at the start. Maybe this probably would have been the, the better place to put this information, okay. but we started our new website. Yes. Uh, com. I believe it's what it is. Or is it andreaandodoom.com? I should probably know that. You should really know that. Um, but it's one of those two. We'll put it up on the screen or whatever. But it's kind of our new home for where we're going to be putting in all of our content. Mm. And basically what it is, it's going to be us having this show where we talk yeah. about, you know, people and things that inspire us. Mm-hmm. And we also have this kind of brand new members behind the scenes kind of thing. Yeah. So if you want to get an idea of what it is that Andrew and I talk about when the cameras aren't rolling, mm-hmm. although but they rolling? will be rolling because we'll be recording it, but it's but it won't be script or anything. It's just us having an actual conversation yeah. of the plans that we're making in order to live our own adventures. Yes. Um, because if you thought that us... Having uh, that RV fiasco in 2018 was the end of it. You have another thing coming because we have a few more surprises for you, um, and we're happy to to share that to yeah, to our absolutely. members and kind of give uh, insights in, into what it is that we do and how we think. Yeah, so because the, and I think that's part of this is like reading these stories or listening to these people's stories um, and then taking what they their wisdom mm-hmm. and then incorporating it into yep. what we're actually doing. Yep. So it's, we're not just reading it for funsies. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And um, yeah, so if you, and it, it, and it's, it's a way to also support us. So if you like the yep. stuff that we do, you like the work that we have, it's kind of, it's a, it's a membership based site. So you can join us and, um, and, and, and chat with us and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. So we look forward to seeing you there and Thank you for listening. Thanks for listening. Thanks for watching. Yeah. As always. Yeah. And um see you next time. We'll see you next time. Oh, Chris by five. Yes. I did it. Congratulations. <laughs> you get a participation badge. I'm so excited. Take it easy. <laughs>